dominion tonight. And uh, I, I believe we're not meeting next Wednesday. Is that correct? Right. So I don't know how far I'm going to get tonight with this. Maybe quick and maybe who knows. But uh, since it's going to be a couple of weeks before we meet again, I would like to see if I can finish this tonight. But we'll see. Father God, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. You are the teacher. You are the revealer of Jesus Christ. And we are dependent upon you tonight to speak to us concerning our Savior and all that concerns his finished work. And we'll be sure, mighty Father, to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your Spirit tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe this is uh, installment number three of this teaching, Generational Dominion. And in, in, in review, I want to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, this is review. And verse 26, Generational Dominion. And God said, let us make man in our image, that's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them, man, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and, every, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said to them. He spoke this to them. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it. I believe we touched on that word subdue a little bit uh, a couple of times before. The reason God said to subdue the earth is because there would be a possibility that the earth would be uh, operating in an unorderly fashion. Uh, it would be, um, he wanted mankind to place it back in order when mankind saw something that was out of order. Now we know that when God created the, the earth, he said it was very good. Everything was good. But he also knew that there would be a possibility that uh, mankind would uh, have to operate in dominion over the earth because the earth would, would, would try to operate outside of the perfect will of God. Anytime we see anything that is of the curse or that is of uh, something that is not good, or that is not perfect, that is not the will of God. So God told mankind whenever he encountered anything that was outside of his perfect will, mankind was supposed to put it back in order. Amen. That's why he said subdue it. Take authority over it. 
place it back in my perfect order. Hallelujah. So he spoke that to man. And he says, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So in review, we know that it's God's will for mankind to operate in dominion in the earth. The earth is the Lord's, but he has given the, it belongs to God, but he has given dominion authority to mankind. Now let's look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 29. The scripture says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So again, this is a witness right here in the Bible is telling letting us know that God has not changed his mind about man walking in dominion in the earth. That was man's calling, man's original calling. And God has not changed his mind concerning that. In every generation, those who are in covenant relationship with God are called by God to operate in delegated Dominion authority. A lot of times we are looking for God to do certain things when God is looking to us to operate according to his perfect will, which is us, his covenant people, walking in this delegated authority in every generation. Now, just because we don't see it or man operating in this, Authority does not mean that God doesn't want it. A lot of times we're not operating in these things out of, and we found out different reasons, but it's a lot of, a lot of it's simply a lack of understanding. And we found out in the book of Hosea, God said that my people are destroyed or being taken advantage of because of a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge. So it's, it's important that we get back to the basics in terms of what God wants mankind to do in terms of his ministry in the earth. Amen. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Again, we're still in review, talking about... Abraham now, because God chose Abraham as a vehicle by which God could get his perfect will into the earth. He used Abraham as a point of contact in terms of a man who would believe God and operate in the perfect will of God concerning God's generational dominion. So we see here in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, get thee out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house into a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And I'll make your name great and thou shalt be a blessing. 
And I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God gave Abraham that assignment that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. Or this generational dominion would be passed through his seed to all the earth. That was God's perfect will. God had to find a man, and we studied it out, he had to find a man who would first believe that, and secondly, would teach his children that. Okay? That that knowledge that God gave Abraham would not die with Abraham, but it would be passed to Abraham's seed. Now, we found that in Genesis 18. Let's go there. Genesis 18. And this is what God said about Abram, or Abraham. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. So every nation or every nationality would have opportunity to be empowered to prosper through Abraham. But in order for that to happen, Abraham would have to share that information with his children. And the Bible says here, for I know him. In other words, I can trust Abraham with this information. That he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep what? The way of the Lord. So God knew Abraham would pass the knowledge of generational dominion, or God's will for it, to his seed. And we studied some things out concerning um, Israel's bondage in Egypt. And we said that uh, part of the reason we believe, or I believe, that Israel went into bondage because the Bible says that there, there, rose, there rose up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. And why did we say, well, why didn't that Pharaoh know Joseph? Well, somebody didn't tell him about Joseph. They failed to share that knowledge or that information about Joseph and his greatness in Egypt. And how God used Joseph to bless Egypt. Amen. So that Pharaoh caused Israel to go into bondage because that knowledge was not shared. <clears throat> uh, we talked about Joseph. and We're not going to go there, but <clears throat> we, we touched on scriptures in Genesis 41, 38 through 44. For those of you who want to, you know, study this, this out. Exodus chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Talked about Joseph. We also talked about Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45. Talked about how God uh, used Joshua. And we talked about King David also. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 8, verses 8 through 11. 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verse 26. 
1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 36. So we covered all of those scriptures, and we found out that there was a common theme there, that they were all Abraham's seed. All of these people were Abraham's seed, but they were living in different generations. And every one of those people, every one of those men, operated... In generational dominion in their generation. Because why? Because they believed it. They believed that that was their portion. They believed that God had blessed Abraham's seed to such a degree that Abraham's seed was to operate in supernatural grace and in supernatural power in their generation. That that was their portion. And that God had indeed empowered them to prosper in their generation. God spoke to Joshua and he said, there shall no man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And and Joshua believed it. David took that same attitude in his generation. When he faced Goliath on that battlefield that day. And we, we found out that every member of the Israeli army, any member of that army could have done what David did that day. But David was the only one who believed the word or believed that that generational dominion was his through Abraham. Amen. Now, the the, the thing is what we have to do in our generation is we have to believe the promises are for us also in terms of what God expects us to, to accomplish in our generation through the power and might of this covenant. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. And again, we just read that scripture uh, that God, he, he has not changed his mind concerning our calling. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4. Let's look at something. Romans chapter 4. Verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. That's that's what God told Abraham, that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. But through the righteousness of faith. So we see there. That God promised Abraham seed, that Abraham's seed would be the heir of the world. Now that seed that that's talking about is Jesus Christ. That's who that's talking about. That Abraham's seed, the seed, would operate in generational dominion forever. So Jesus Christ is the seed. That has inherited the world. How many of y'all believe that tonight? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Let's look at something there. So Jesus Christ, through his obedience, through his death, burial, and resurrection, 
He is that seed. The seed. He is the seed who has inherited the earth and everything in it. We'll prove it here. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said, not as to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So Jesus inherited, the seed inherited the earth and everything in it. He, he said that in, in uh, Matthew chapter 28, let's go there. That dominion authority was given to him. Glory to God. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power or all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So that's that generational dominion that Jesus says it was given to him. He is the seed who possesses that inheritance or that authority in the earth. In other words, he can do anything that he wants in the earth because he's not only uh, the son of God, but he's also the seed of Abraham. God gave him that right. He is the last Adam, amen? The first Adam failed, but the last Adam holds dominion authority in the earth. Amen. He is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ. And we found out through teaching, because of that, that we are heirs of God with him and joint heirs with Christ. So that means that, again, everything that belongs to the head, hallelujah, belongs to the body. When we believe that and we begin to step out in faith, just like King David did in his generation, we will have the anointing to slay giants also. Again, we, we found out last week that the giants that we face are not human beings. They're not earthly beings, but they're spiritual beings. Jesus said, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. God said, this is what we have to deal with. We have to deal with spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But Jesus has already defeated them. And because he has defeated them, and we are in him, we have defeated them also. We just don't know it. So when the powers and principalities try to put that yoke of, any yoke of bondage upon you, you have the right and the authority through Jesus to break that bondage 
and to refuse anything that they bring to you in terms of the curse. Because God said that mankind was anointed by him and called by him to subdue anything that would be out of order in the world or in the earth. We have been given that assignment through him. We just don't know it. For the most part, we just have not really tapped into these things because, again, I think a lot of times we're, we, we, have, uh, we don't have the knowledge of it or we don't have the, uh, the boldness to claim these things. And we've been taught that we're weak. God says that we're not weak, but we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But we have to see ourselves, we have to begin to see ourselves as God sees us. When we begin to do that, we begin to step out and see the power of God released in these different areas where we need to see relief and deliverance. It's the church's assignment, it's our assignment in our generation to take up the mantle and believe what the word says we can do in him. Amen? Now, some very uh, basic things we're going to touch on, uh, foundational things, here in John chapter 3. A lot of times we don't operate in these things because we don't have a firm, solid foundation. We get born again, and then nobody tells us who we are in Christ or what's available to us in the Spirit. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking about Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, you know, honestly and truly, a lot of people have been born again, truly been born again, but they don't understand what happened. All they know is that their name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is vital information. But they don't know that now because they're born again, they have been given, empowered by God to operate in dominion authority in the earth. They, through that born-again experience, they have received the mighty Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says here, in verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, say I unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, talking about a natural birth through the water, and of the Spirit, a spiritual birth, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is letting them know that there has to be a manifestation of the Spirit, a regeneration of the Spirit that will take place, and it will cause you and I to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit, and when, we, when that happens, we will then have the right to operate in delegated kingdom dominion at that moment. You have the right 
to operate in the earth in that delegated generational dominion in your generation. He says here in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So now we can operate both in the natural and in the spiritual realm and have dominion authority in both. Amen. So that delegated authority has been given to us through Jesus Christ. But again, most of the church still believes because they're walking in the flesh, they're walking in the natural and their minds have not been renewed to these things. They're walking around as ordinary men. And we're not ordinary men anymore. Once you get born again, you're no longer ordinary. And again, our minds have to be, be renewed to that kind of thinking. Because when, we, when we're faced with challenges, when we're faced with things that seemingly in the natural are impossible, they are not impossible with us because we're with him. He said all things are possible to those who believe. To those who believe what? That God meant what he said in Genesis chapter 1. That dominion power and dominion authority has been given to man. Um, I always go back in my thinking to the encounter that Eve had with that snake. Uh, before, she, before mankind fell, mankind had dominion over every animal or every creeping thing in the earth. Now, at, that, at that time, the snake was not creeping. He wasn't on his belly. But when they fell, after they fell, what did God tell the, uh, the, the snake? He said, from now on, you're going to crawl on your belly all the days of your life, Right? And I submit to you that when she was having that conversation and she saw that conversation going the wrong way, she had the right and authority to tell the snake, you know what? Yeah, God said all that, but he also told me that uh, I got authority over you. And I see this conversation going the wrong way. You're trying to deceive me. You're trying to talk against God. And he, I believe she had the authority at that moment to curse that snake and make him, and make him crawl on his belly. I, I believe she, she could have done that. I believe she, she had that type of authority right there to tell that snake, from now on, you're going to eat dirt. A lot of people don't look at it that way because they don't believe that God actually meant what he said and said what he meant when he told them, you can do Anything you want in the earth as long as you honor me. And so walking in the spirit, walking in the spirit, uh, we're not used to doing that. And because we're not used to doing it, we don't see a lot of the things that God wants us to see in terms of taking authority over these things. Over these principalities and powers and uh, the manifestation of infirmity and all of those things. I talk about sickness. But in, uh, in every area, poverty and lack, those things we have been redeemed from, according to the Bible. Christ has redeemed us from the, all of that curse. But we have to 
use that delegated authority to call Satan to back up. It's as simple as that. But a lot of times, again, we're looking at the natural and we believe that we don't have any authority over it. But the Bible has told us that, yes, we can tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen. So it's a, it's a, it's a matter of our minds being renewed to these things and stepping out in faith and believing that we are that generation that can operate this way because it's God's perfect will. Amen. Go back to Galatians chapter 6. And again, the main thing we have to do is we have to see ourselves as God sees us. The Bible says here in verse 15 of chapter 6, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision, but what? A new creature. So God wants us to focus, if we're going to walk in generational dominion, he wants us to focus on the new creature reality. That when we got born again, everything changed. Our natural man on the outside didn't change, but everything on the inside changed. We, we, we were changed spiritually at that moment. We were spiritually dead, but now we are spiritually alive, according to the word of God. So the Bible says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Doesn't matter if you're a, a, a Jew or a Gentile, everyone in Christ has been born again, and we are new creatures. We have access to God in the Spirit, and we have access to all spiritual dominion through Christ. But we got to believe it. So the only thing that matters to God is this new creature reality. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This new creature reality. God wants us to see ourselves as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Very familiar scripture here. And really, this is one of the scriptures when a person gets born again, they need to be led to. They need, people need to be led to this scripture. Because people need to understand that once they get saved, everything changes in the spirit realm. And God expects you and I to walk a, in a different light. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, so you're, once, once you get born again, you're now in Christ. He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. The uh, tendency to walk in weakness. The tendency to walk in fear. The tendency to, to live in defeat, that's passed away for you and I. We must reject it every time it shows up. Every time the enemy brings anything that is outside of the covenant or the blessing of Abraham, 
We are called by God to reject it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the word of God. What? Coming out of your mouth. God has already spoken it. He's already given us the authority. But he wants us to exercise that authority as we speak. Now, a lot of times we say these things in church. But what are we saying when we leave church? What are we saying when we're confronted with these different bondages and these different manifestations of evil? What are we saying when the devil shows up on our doorstep? Are we saying what God says or are we saying what we feel or what we see? Have we allowed the Holy Spirit to renew our thinking enough where every time the enemy shows up, we use what the Bible calls the sword of the Spirit against him? Or do we fall back into carnality and believe that we're just ordinary? Okay, That's where, again, the rubber meets the road. It's what we're saying when we're not in church that makes all the difference in the world. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, once I get born again, that generational dominion that Adam lost in the garden automatically becomes mine through Jesus Christ. I believe that. Now, let's go back to Galatians. Chapter 3. Again, these are things that we need to meditate on as we, uh, in, our, in our study. Because what happens when you begin to meditate on these things, you, again, you begin to see yourself as God sees you. Let's look at verse 29, very familiar scripture. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. So in Christ, we become Abraham's seed. Maybe you, we may not be natural born Jews, but we've been grafted in. And we should expect in our generation the same success that Joseph experienced. We should expect in our generation the same success that David experienced, that Joshua experienced. The same God that spoke to them spoke to us, is speaking to us. And again, our enemies are not natural enemies. Our enemies are spiritual enemies. And God says he has a hope of a calling for us in the church. And that is to glorify him by operating in everything that Adam lost. Amen. Amen. Uh, again, somebody said, well, I, 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 I believe, you know, when we get to heaven, we can experience some of these things. You, you don't have no enemies in heaven. Your enemies are here. The warfare is here. It's for now. It's for occupying until he comes. It's for letting the devil know that you know that these things are not yours in terms of the bondage, in terms of the sickness. In terms of the poverty and the lack and the generational curses. Those things are old. They've been passed away. And every time they show up in our lives, we need to reject them with all the might and power of the Holy Ghost. 
But the Bible says, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's go right to chapter 4, verse 1. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, a child without understanding, differeth nothing but from a servant, though he what? Be Lord of all. So the heir, talk about you and I, you, and again, you have to see yourself as an heir, first of all. See, that, that's the key. You have to see that that's talking about you right here in 2023. Just as much as David believed that he was an heir on that battlefield, God is saying to you tonight, he's saying to me tonight, that we are heirs of God right now. Hallelujah. And we have to develop a mentality that we will not be denied of what is ours, bought and paid for by the blood of God himself. I say that the heir, as long as he is a child... Different, nothing but from a servant. How many of y'all know we're not servants anymore? We serve God, but we're not servants, so to speak. We're sons and daughters of the living God. The Bible says, though he be Lord of all. Let's look at verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, talking about Jesus Christ, then this is for our generation. Made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive what? The adoption of sons. Hallelujah. Do you see yourself as a son tonight? Or do you see yourself simply as a servant? We're servants, but we're also sons. We are ro- spiritual royalty. Do you see yourself that way? Or do you see yourself as a beggar? Somebody who, who's crawling on their knees, on broken glass, asking God for things. No. God says, come, what, boldly to the throne of grace. Why do you come boldly? Because you have an understanding that he, Jesus Christ, has afforded us all of these benefits. Even King David knew it in the the Old Covenant. He said, forget not all his benefits. The church has forgotten about the benefits of salvation. And all those things that the Bible says have been freely given to us. They weren't free to God, (laughs) cost him his son. But they are free to us when we operate in an understanding. Verse 5 again. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive, somebody say receive, the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, hallelujah, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, (laughs) thou art no more a servant, but a son, who has been Called by God to operate in generational authority and dominion in the earth. You are called to do that. That's part of the reason that God didn't take us straight to heaven when we got born again. He wants you and I to put in place everything that is out of place. Y'all looking at me like, (laughs) 
Well, the Bible says that Jesus did it. Anytime he saw anything that was out of order, guess what? He'd hurry up and got back in order. When he saw the wind and the waves, he spoke to him. Because he knew that that was his assignment. You know, uh, and I'm getting ready to close. Pastor Mike reminded me, I think it was the last time I, I taught on this, that when we were in Calvary at that time, and we were doing that outreach, I forget which one of us it was. It was Pastor Goodluck, myself, Mike, and others. But it was, we was going to have this outreach. And it was like very cloudy, and it started to rain. But I, I believe it was Pastor Goodluck. He just took authority over the weather. And guess what? It rained everywhere except over that that uh, playground, that park. And this is what Pastor Mike reminded me of. He said, Pastor, you forgot to tell him when we were through, it poured down rain everywhere. <laughs> That's because there was a man there who understood that we were to minister there on that Saturday. And that God, that was God's perfect will for us. And because of that, he operated in that dominion authority or even over the weather. This, this is, this is what God expects for the church. I mean, seriously, a lot of times we'll look at things because we're looking at them from an Adam perspective. But we're no longer in Adam. We're in Christ. Amen? We're different. There's no telling what would happen if we would start, oper- if we would start operating and start stepping out in this type of stuff. A lot of times we just, we don't even think that we can do things like that in him. But we've seen God move. And we're going to see more and more and more of these things in the very near future. I believe that. Because the church is going to get this revelation that this, this dominion is to be passed from generation to generation. If Christ tarry, your children are going to walk in more power than you. Your grandchildren are going to walk in more power than you ever thought about if he tarries. As we continue to teach along these lines, we're not victims, but we are victors in Christ. Stand to your feet tonight. Father, we just want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for divine grace and mercy and divine light. For it's by your grace and your mercy and the revelation of who Jesus is and who we are in him that we begin to walk in these things and I pray father that your sons and daughters would grasp the reality of your finished work of your ascension and as you are seated there in heaven we would understand that we are seated there with you because we are seated there with you We operate in your divine dominion in the earth through him. So in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every sickness in this room right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over every spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. We subdue you in the name of Jesus according to the word of God.
every spirit of fear, of timidity, we come against you in the name of Jesus. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And not only do we bind you, but we cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that is above every name. No weapon formed against my people will prosper. In this hour, my people will go forth in in divine power and authority through me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you'll see mighty works, mighty deliverance for my kingdom glory and for my divine purpose. For my purpose for man has never changed. Still the same. And we thank you for, your, for everything, Father, that you have done for us through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen and amen. God bless you.